Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. That's that rebel music. 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 We're back, folks. Land Sharks After Dark. Uh, with you again after a brief hiatus, we missed last week due to some personal issues that were going on, but we are back with a vengeance to talk about the 9-3 and Ole Miss Rebels, finished very strong with victories over LSU and Oxford, and on the road in Starkville, winning an Egg Bowl um, in Mississippi State Stadium for the first time since 2003. Um, pretty much a team victory, DeMaurier Stringfellow caught a couple touchdowns. Um, had, had some, had some success running, John Jordan Wilkins had a long touchdown. Also, my opinion, two of the best hits of the game were Wilkins and Judd running into Mississippi State defensive back. So I was impressed with the way they ran. Chad Kelly had another great game, really capped off, uh, an amazing season, broke a lot of school records, put him, put himself on the map. Uh, I think as the sixth player in SEC history to have over 4,000 total yards of offense in a season. Um, and there's just one more thing, John, that I wanted to ask you about. A little trivia here. Uh, can you tell me what happened 598 days ago? Was that the last time Mississippi State beat Ole Miss in any of the big three sports? That would be correct. And uh, that number is only going to grow. There's not even another chance until the basketball game, probably sometime in January. So, uh, pretty pretty good weekend for the Rebs, John. How was uh How was your Thanksgiving? How was your break or your weekend? I should say. How was your Egg Bowl watching experience? It was good. I was with the visit grandparents in Texas, outside of Dallas. Um, we, I guess you you guys over in Mississippi and Alabama had good weather. It looked like the front came. Yeah. Front came, I don't know if you saw any of the TCU Baylor game. I know yeah, you it was had. miserable. Well, that front was over. Like basically, I was inside. Fortunately, I was inside consuming alcohol while that was going on and it, it pretty much rained straight from thursday afternoon through sunday flying out but i mean it's it was cold and you know we visit relatives and there's a fridge right, full sure. of alcohol so you, we, we managed to get through it but um that's not so bad so what'd you what'd you what'd you get out of the egg bowl john what did that win mean well the old a violent running game appeared out of nowhere watching Akeem Judd and uh, Jordan Wilkins truck people. And Chad, I mean, Chad was, you know, continued some quarterback runs that have been successful lately, and he wasn't afraid to lower his shoulder at the end of those runs. They, I tell you, they, I mean, I understand you want to say, I understand you don't want to get Chad hurt early in the year, but the offense, when they cut him loose with design running plays, is really is something to watch. I mean, it's hard really for anybody. To, I mean, the only reason that game, I mean, that game, that, that was the, I mean, 11 points doesn't do that blowout justice. Wonderlake missed two field goals with 33 and 38 yards. Um, so, that I mean, there's six points there. And also, I mean, if, also, I mean we've if talked Freeze about had wanted this. to score 60, he could have, but he didn't. He chose not to from a Well, he was playing, he was running out the clock with 10 minutes left in the second quarter. I mean, Ole Miss was up. Uh, twenty-one to nothing in the first quarter. Twenty-eight to three at halftime. 
It was something that we've seen, I think we talked about a little bit in the past too, out of Dan Mullen, where you know when the game gets to the fourth quarter and he knows that there's not really enough time for a comeback, he'll try to burn a lot of time, go down the field slowly, and just put up some points. Uh, for instance, he could have gone for two to make it a 10-point game and instead just kicked the field goal to make it an 11-point game. Makes no sense. Um, that's, that's not what the chart says to do at all, but Dan Mullen really wasn't trying to win that game. He was trying to make it look a little better on paper, my opinion. I, I mean, you texted me in the first half. I, he that that looked like a coach. He looked like a coach in the post game too. I mean, he looked like Ooh. a guy that pretty much knew looking. Yeah, the if you watch Dan Mullen's post game press conference, I mean, if I was a state fan, I don't know how I could watch that and, and feel good about you know the intensity that he had that night. He basically just seemed like, well, you know, it happened. What do you expect? Um, I, I don't know what else to say. He just wasn't. He wasn't. Anything like he was last season, where his response was, I'm not going to be able to sleep for a year, and this game is very important to our fan base, all that kind of stuff. Um, He just didn't seem to be as worried about it as he has in the past. Also, that was the first time they haven't had a special gold uniform since like his first season, right? You know, I thought their uniforms, outside of the big... They were nice, they were good. The they looked nice, the White Home looked nice. I think they kept it clean. They honored Dak, which they should. I mean, he's... I mean, he's I mean, I can't. I mean, is there any other quarterback in their history that even comes close to no, what he's accomplished overall? No, but they also and, don't really have any sort of a history of quarterbacks or offensive production outside. That's of running true, backs. but I tell you that their offensive line. I mean, we've complained about Ole Miss's. No, it's it's here, nothing compared to that. Holy, I mean, watch the Alabama game. You saw that coming, and then I mean, Robert Kimdichie is actually finishing plays and getting stats. That should sum up how bad him the uh, state's offensive line was. I mean, the only I mean, the only thing they did all night somewhat competently was take Treadwell out of the game, but that leave, left Stringfellow wide open, and mm-hmm. they couldn't. I mean, Chad ran through their defense a couple of times. I thought Chad's throw, the throw on the dig route touchdown, Stringfellow's second touchdown was just absolute, I mean. That was a, yeah, that was a window. He, he really squeezed it in there. I mean, that – what I started thinking, and we'll have plenty of time to talk about 2016 team, but I started thinking, you know, if Chad, because I, I I've been saying Chad's going to leave all year, but I'm, I'm starting, I'm, I'm flipping my opinion, my thought, because I think if Chad comes back and plays like he did the last three games this year for like say an entire season next year, mm-hmm. he can really elevate his draft stock from say a fourth or fifth round pick up to potentially. I mean. I, I'd say you know a second rounder. If he was taller, he could be a you know because he, he's got an NFL arm. He can move, um, and that also another year showing he can behave and not get in trouble. To let that absolutely yeah. He he can he can uh, substantially benefit his draft stock by coming back and playing well again next year, which I didn't didn't really view it that way earlier. But he's he's found another level with allowing him to. Allowing him to run opens up the running game, which then makes the passing game exactly yeah cool benefit effect. So I was, I was thinking that if Chad comes back, Ingram should come back another year. He wasn't didn't have a consistent year, but he still has potential and has a you know urgency. I mean, he's still contrib- yeah. He's still it, it looks like uh, Tony Connor will probably be back. So that's I that's think a big Connor help. and Austin Miller, uh, frequent listener, friend of the program. He po- he pointed out to me because you know I bet Connor tells Freeze and Womack. I'll come back, but you got to play me at a real safety position, aka take Trey's spot as opposed to this yeah. hybrid that doesn't translate. To that anything. should be interesting because you know Tony's always been a great run stopper, um, but him playing free safety, we get to see a different he's, part of his game. 
run and be the best coverage guy. And that's what he needs to do. So, and you, and you've had like Z Woods who, who, I mean, he had the pick against LSU. I mean, I guess we didn't get to talk about LSU. So we'll, we can kind of, yeah, and I mean, much maligned Zedrick Woods by uh, a certain, host, a certain host of this podcast. He's played better the last couple of weeks. So, I mean, you think him and I mean, you think Trey Austin gave up plays his first couple of years. Oh, yeah. And now I think you could say he's a solid SEC safety. So you would think that, Z Woods could do. I mean, they've they've had opportunity to groom Huskies this year. You put Connor next to Hampton next mm-hmm. year, along with, I guess either a Moore twin or I know they got a handful of freshman safeties coming in. They'll probably be on the roster as well. Unless I'm forgetting somebody, because you lo- you're losing Hilton. Well, I mean Hilton didn't play safety. You lose Hilton, Chief, Trey. You lose a lot in the back end of that defense. But and then you bring in you bring in. Um... Jalen Jones, the cornerback safety, hopefully Deontay Anderson. Yep. Um, you got a couple guys that you Think signed and redshirted. Corner just yeah. Ordaway has played well for a freshman that you thought you were going to redshirt. He stepped up. Um, and, and, you know. Julius is athletic. Breland's going to be good. Benito Jones is getting rave reviews uh, this season, although, you know, I still think a little undersized to play DT, but Isaac Gross. You know, has, say, has been a successful defensive tackle in our system. Gross to come back healthy. He can. I mean, that defense. The D line loses Robert, but, but they keep they keep Fidel Brown. They, they get Isaac Gross back. Speaks is going to be really good next year. Yeah, uh, DJ Jones is coming back. He made some plays in the Egg Bowl. Started, you know, Bridges and DJ Jones were highly touted, and it t- typically takes a JUCO a year. Like a good JUCO, it takes a year to adjust and. Law of average say at least one of them will be a solid SEC or so above average SEC player next year. Bridges has the physical tools you see. I mean, he's had some a couple key picks this year. Yeah, I think Bridges off. will be better next season. A whole other off season. I think Peter Jones showed some flashes as well. So I yeah. think both of those guys are solid next year. I mean, that's kind of part of the deal with JUCO. And I mean, um, um, Gates um, played better and better. Gates yeah. played good. And another thing that's emerged lately as a possibility is Victor Evans at linebacker. He can and he can rush the passer too, right? Because so he's a, he's a defensive end originally, but yeah. if if he's able to make the transition to linebacker, um, Gates continues to be good next season, and then you bring in a, a possible like a Mike Juarez or um, I mean you, you have the JUCO already committed Lufus that guy the guy we can't pronounce. Um, maybe He's, linebacker. He is critically important because beyond Gates, who do you trust at linebacker? I mean, well, Caldwell should be better Caldwell, next season. Ideally, Caldwell is a depth guy. Is is Christian Russell a senior this year? Yes, I think he is. Uh, Tomario Strong's gone. Not that he and then you got Ray Ray. You have Ray Ray Smith still. Um, Taylor Taylor Polk. Taylor Polk. Um, but I mean, it looks like Juarez is a serious possibility at this point. The five star from California. I'll believe it when I – well, I, you can't shoot that. They better ha, they better have a plan B. You better not see Leo Lewis 2.0 or somebody get you. True, get some, but a little bit uh, different still. I mean, he was a USC commit who, after all that upheaval, you know, kind of lost his taste for the Trojans. And um, I, I just does, think that's a whole different Does Clay Helton situation. excite him? I, I, I'll tell you, I was, we, we'll get in the coaching care some more in depth later. But the, yeah. But the Clay the Clay Helton hire is underwhelming. So for yeah, I agree. It's like okay, I could consider. And think thing is, if you if Chad comes back, what you sell when coming freshman is like, look, come now. If you're a linebacker or an offensive tackle, mm-hmm. you can come and literally play immediately, like no questions asked. Mm-hmm. And you're gonna have a shot to win next year because 
I mean, look at th- project the quarterback situation next year, assuming Chad comes back. State, they don't have anybody. Mullen looked depressed on the sideline because he knows that Dak leaving, he has nothing behind him mm-hmm. unless I'm missing something. Well, but, to, to, to loop back around uh, to yeah. a point that you were making earlier, you know, you're worried about getting Chad hurt early on, but next season with Shea Patterson on campus and with a, a red yeah. shirt, Jason Pellerin, you feel a little better, I think, about your depth Chad, there. You can, you can kind of just say, you know what, the hell with it and go out there and if, I mean, if Chad gets hurt, you've got a guy that expects to play next year, right? So really, I mean, you can play you can play balls out at the at the quarterback position next season just because it's not you know just Buchanan and Kincaid. Your back backup there. is substantially improved. Okay. Yeah, so that that should be exciting to watch for sure. At wide receiver, um, I I see a, a lot of talent. Obviously, no Laquan Treadwell, um, no Cody Core, but everyone else is back. Stringfellow looks like a guy that can emerge as a solid go-to number one. He's got the frame, and he's oh yeah, Stringfellow had, had a great game. You lose Cody Core, um, but I I think Jefferson and Lodge, either one Definitely. of them, between the two of them, can really they look they look physically you know I mean if that position they look like they have the goods at receiver. So imagine imagine on the outside you have Stringfellow, on the other side you have Quincy, uh, and then in the slot you put like a DK Metcalf. And basically hope that he can be that's what Treadwell, what Treadwell Met- was as a freshman, and, and that's Met- that's dangerous. Metcalf is tailor made, ready to be a physical contributor in the red zone. That's and, we, what- well, and we remember that the way that we used Treadwell the first season. I think that's what we see next season with DK. Yeah, lots of touches, lots of screens. You have um, Ingram coming back, and then Octavius Cooley. If you yeah, I've look, been watching his highlights; very impressive. He's a physical. I tell you, this offense really—I mean—they do not have. I think Cooley could be a key cog in the running game. That's a lot to ask from a yeah. freshman tight end, but yeah. he's a big body. It can really can he be the guy? The guy that sets the edge or point of attack in the ground game that really. Well, we saw some of the some of the best rushes of the year were sprung by Evan Ingram blocks. So obviously, it's an important piece. In- Ingram, I like scheme. Evan a lot. He's not a great block. Well, he's because that's just not his mindset. I mean, he wants to be out down the field catching passes. He's not gonna. They've had to put the reason. I think the reason he hasn't had as good of a year is because they've had to put him in the backfield a lot for pass pro. He's a guy that needs to be lined up in the slot or have a hand down on the end of the line. Not an, he's not an H back hybrid tight yeah, end. But I agree. So they've had Cooley, to... Cooley could definitely fill that, fill that role. Uh, my question for you is: Where do you think we see Jeremy Liggins next year? What position? He, he's got. He, he's going to be some somewhere on the offensive tackle depth chart like, he, because they're. I mean, well, I mean, Freeze believes that's the best for him, and so that's, that's part of I mean, it. Who? I, I can I can imagine a scenario where you have some combination of Sean Rawlings, Conyers. Sims, Patterson, um, Rod Taylor, and then maybe I'm forgetting somebody else. Maybe Bryce, but it's one of the freshmen comes in. Like you have an interior, you know, two centers, four guard rotate. You have six interior linemen that are all at least solid, have a solid SEC interior line next year. Who's going to play right tackle and who's going to play left tackle? I mean, I guess the theoretically Conyer, I mean, Rawlings played a little right tackle this year. He don't think he's long term right tackle. I mean that's the, the biggest question mark next season is like if, the, if if it's not Greg Little you're in big trouble at left tackle. I mean has, e- even if it is you might be in trouble but he right now seems to be the only plan we've been presented with. Yeah, he, exactly. If he they they sounds like they're going to get him but 
I mean, if he if that doesn't work out, there they are. They're in huge trouble at tackle. Even if, let's let's get let's be optimistic and give them Greg Little and say he ends up at Ole Miss. Then who's going to play right? I mean, rumblings that Taylor may flip out, may slide out there. I've seen Conyers play right in an okay manner, but really, you like to have all those guys inside. Can they? I mean, it doesn't sound like there's a JUCO out there. The Michigan transfer, if his legal situation clears up, which that's always a fun, you know, the. I mean, you can't go in expecting that to be your plan, but that could be a possibility. Oh yeah, I forgot about him. Yeah, no, that's that's something for sure to to watch. It's something to watch. I mean, if they, I mean, who who knows? Maybe it's a really maybe it's a talented kid whose legal situation gets cleared up and he falls in Ole Miss's lap and it works out and. You know, he I mean, even if his legal situation his doesn't get cleaned up, he could still easily be on the Ole Miss team. I mean, we do a lot of hepping. Yeah, we, we do a lot that. of hepping. We do a lot of hepping around here. Um, but you've I, lost. I mean, you're losing. Obviously, losing Laramie Fong graduates. Um, Christian Morris is another. He, I don't think he's there. I mean, Aaron Morris is gone. gone. Justin Bell is gone. Yeah. Um, ben Still, I think, is a senior. Correct. Yeah. I believe he's gone. Um, really, Ben still really Alex stepped Gibbons up. Alex Gibbons, tackle or guard? I believe he's a tackle. Well, he's got a he's. He and then, I mean, maybe in the world to play right tackle. Next maybe year. Matthews. Matthews is a freshman. Could take a shot at right tackle. He could. I think. I feel like maybe he's. A, I don't know. If he's I think. Adult. I think everyone else that's already on the commit list is definitely more of a project redshirt type. A Jack DeFore and. Yeah. Um, what's his Eli, name? Eli, Eli Johnson. Johnson. Yeah, he he needs to. He and, needs to and we always players. thought players like Michael Howard were several years out. So I really doubt Howard that he would be ready next probably, year. He needs another year, most likely. You would think. I I haven't heard anything about his development, so I have no idea what he, he did this season. Like, I think he came in at two forty. If he weighs two sixty today, then he needs another year. If he weighs. He's at two seventy, two seventy five. Could you maybe get him to two ninety and say, I mean, because two you can play tack, two ninety you can play tack. Well, yeah, I think Rollins was doing a decent job, and there's no way he was heavier than two eighty, two ninety. So that's, I mean, even if you get little, a what's your depth behind him? Ligans, I presume. B who and still, I unless one in ten chance Rod Taylor kicks out there. He comes back healthy, and the light kind of goes on completely, and he can play. You know, I mean, he's he's got the athleticism to play tackle. I just don't. Know yeah, I've heard he's... a lot of buzz that Rod Taylor um, will play tackle this spring, but other people say, you know, after his surgery, he might not even be able to have a spring. So I don't know. Yeah, if you're basically, he's going to have to learn tackle in the fall. I, I don't. I don't expect to see him in the spring. Yeah, I, I think he'll probably still be rehabbing from that. Yep. Um, but, I mean, hey, good, good season overall, right? I mean, especially considering where we were after that second loss to Memphis. If you could tell me that in this season we're going to beat Alabama, A&M, Auburn, LSU, and Mississippi State, I mean, yep. who's going to complain about that? Sure, there were some weird losses, and yeah, sure, a 4th and 25 lateral is the only difference between uh, – Alabama at Ole Miss as far as going to Atlanta. But, I mean, that, that, fl- that play was such a fluke. It's one of those things that I don't think you can really hang the whole season on. Like, sure, that was the only difference, but at the end of the day, I mean, it could have gone a different – that could have gone Ole Miss's way 95, 99 times out of 100. Um, it's just something I feel like you got you to gotta tip your hat to the weirdest of the situation. And, 
and say, hey, we'll get them next time. Look how close we were this year. I'm not convinced that this team would have would have jumped out to 24 nothing and a 21 nothing leads against sure. LSU State, respectively, if they had converted that play. I think. I think that's a decent a decent hypothesis. I think I mean, that really focused the defense. And also, I mean, the Arkansas loss came in the tenth straight week of games for Ole Miss. That uh, tenth straight bye week. I think that played into it. Um, I think just that because was the defense factor. was injured and just dog tired, not able to just get. Just looked a like tired legs out there as much as anything. Yeah. At Arkansas. I mean, you saw the, the energy they played with against LSU was substantially higher, and I think fatigue is a part of that. Um, the Florida loss was a calamity. Look, I mean, was Will Grill? Mean, no, no Tunsil. No Tunsil. They I, I wanted think it. Tunsil. I think that team went into Tuscaloosa and really didn't give a shit what was going to happen and just said we're going to walk out there and win. And they played that way. And you saw that. I thought I saw that attitude in Starkville. They they had a little banged up on defense, so they weren't as effect. They weren't as effective in terms of stopping them as they were in the first half against Alabama. But they. Basically, we're like we that was the gangbuster. We don't care. That's a top five team in the country type Ole Miss team with that emotion and focus and passion. Um, I think Florida, the Florida game, they were very laissez-faire. I think the Tunsil distraction really got to them there because that was mm-hmm. the fifth game, mm-hmm. and everybody kept you kept thinking. I mean, everybody. I mean. Players have. I mean, you read the news. I mean, everybody in the world knew Todd Gurley got four games for a jersey. So it's like there was no, there was no reason why the suspension should have been more than four games at all. I mean, you could argue why they even have a suspension to begin with. But the fact that I think everybody. I mean, I was I was surprised when it went beyond four games. I know I think everybody was. So that I think that was a distraction. And they got down there. The game didn't go well. Go well early. They got tied. It's just one of those deals. Um, I, I think that they they fell victim somewhat to what we all thought, which was that you know Florida wasn't going to be that good this year. Um, yeah. And now without Greer, Florida isn't very good. They just lost to FSU like what twenty four to two or something. I think they were distracted from the Tunsil thing. They and they went down there and said Florida's not that great. They and got- McElwain was all in on winning that game. I yeah, mean, he knew about Greer's drug test. He knew about all that stuff, and he yeah. said we're going to beat Ole Miss though. Yeah, and he. They got popped early and didn't. Just like Fuente. I mean, I think Fuente and Memphis put all his eggs in beating Ole Miss. And so what if they lost to Temple and Navy because they didn't really prepare for I, those? They beat Ole I Miss. I think Fuente specifically. I think the Memphis players went I think I think Fuente too. And I think it was a good move because he parlayed beating Ole Miss into the Virginia Tech job. He, I'll tell you, the, the, the one, we'll get in the coaching carousel later. There's been a lot of dumb decisions. But the one, the most confident one, Virginia Tech, Goes out and gets a really good coach, and Fuente is smart enough to go to a place that good fan support, good AAD, easy league, pretty. It's like a winnable league, league yeah. and they if Beamer was there forever. They're not going to try to run him out of town in three years. So that, that's that's the best hire that I think has been made so far. I, I think I don't think there's another hire that even remotely compares to that. That one, like here's a guy that makes sense. Here's a program that makes sense. Let's put two and two together and, and go for it. Yeah, no doubt about that. Um, and then we already discussed the Arkansas loss. Obviously, that was weird. Um, but, man, this offense, it's kind of like this season, the second half of the season, allegedly after Hugh Freeze stepped down from calling a lot of the plays he was calling, uh, we finally kind of had that offense that we had been anticipating the first three seasons with Hugh Seen Freeze. a lot fewer negative running plays. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's and definitely that, true. And you look at their – 
do you don't see Justin Bell trying to pull across the whole line now, which we we all hammered Luke for scheme and whatnot. Well, Hugh Freeze went from a big play card to a little a little small play card. I, I like to think it was the Mike Leach size play card, about you know big enough for about twenty plays, and mm-hmm. handed over a lot of play calling to Warner and Luke. And then all of a sudden, the, the number of dumb plays went down substantially. Which, I just feel like Warner and Luke's play calling. Uh, was to the to the strengths of the team. It felt like you know running behind Tunzel a lot, a lot of um, Chad Kelly play action passes. Obviously the design runs we talked about. Just they they kind of figured out what we could really do and didn't try to force our stuff. Also we didn't see uh, the last few games any Liggins at quarterback. We didn't see too many trick plays. We just went out there. We knew we had a quarterback that was really good. Um, and we knew we had really good wide receivers, and you know they just played to those strengths. Let's simplify and let's go execute because we have and, and it worked. Let's run the damn ball with Chad in certain spots. And and it worked. Look, look what happened. Um, so I don't know if we mentioned this yet, but it appears at this point that if Florida loses to Alabama in the SC championship game, <laughs> Ole Miss will be headed to the Sugar Bowl in New Orleans. Uh, likely to play basically the exact same situation we were in last year, right, John? Like, we're going to the Access Bowl to play the, the Big 12 team, right? Yeah, because Big 12, I mean, the yeah, Big 12 and SEC have a contractual uh, relationship with the Sugar Bowl, so they'll get the number but two isn't SEC. It, but isn't it just, isn't it not so much that? It's because the playoff rotates. Like, the Peach Bowl was the same bowl last year, right? Yeah, except that. Well, Do you understand what I'm saying? Well, the Peach Bowl doesn't have that. Sugar Bowl has a specific contract in place with SEC and Big Twelve, except for when it hosts playoff. Oh, games. okay, okay. So the Peach Bowl does not have that. that so was the Peach Bowl teams are picked teams. by the committee. Yep, exactly. So that's weird that, that the Access Bowls don't all have the same rules. I figured that they would. They would just uh, like the Orange Bowl has an ACC yeah. thing, a Notre Dame thing, but it's hosting a playoff game this year, so, so therefore, that, right. but um. But yeah, yeah, it looks like probably Baylor uh, would be. I don't know how the tiebreakers look in the Big Twelve. I guess Baylor would be the number two because they beat Okie State and they lost to TCU. I guess TCU, Okie State. That's theoretically a three-way tie. Um, I don't know. I wait, mean, wait, didn't Oklahoma? Isn't Oklahoma the number one team? So Oklahoma's going to the yeah, playoffs. Oklahoma. Yeah, see, Oklahoma, see, it would be Oklahoma and Alabama if the playoffs didn't exist. Would go to the Sugar Bowl, right. but they're playoffs. So then it's the so next probably, next up is Baylor, I think, because they beat TCU and didn't Baylor also beat Oklahoma State? Uh, yeah. So they have both those head to heads. TCU beat Baylor, so it's kind of a oh, I forgot. They all have. I think they all have three losses. Two losses, and I don't know how tiebreaker works. Um, okay, and so Big Twelve still doesn't have a championship game, huh? Nope. But okay, uh, over ten teams, but they all play each other, so they have one, two, one, two championship. But so wait, but why are they playing Texas on December fifth? Did they just have another week of their season left? My uncle's a UT alum, and we were, and we had kind of got we were a little, little near. I was a little near this point, but we were. T- I was asking him why, how I asked him to explain me how it was fair because the Big Twelve has they don't have a championship game because they only have ten teams. They play non-conference games, mm-hmm. and so they all play each other. And this is you know, obviously the whole one-two champion thing. But they spread out. But some teams, and not not every team did this, but some teams spread out their schedule. Texas, Baylor, and there's one other Big Twelve game this week. I forget who it is, but. If I'm a big, basically, that Texas has two bye weeks this year. Baylor yes. has 
I was trying to figure out. Yeah, I see. You I know, see one Baylor bye. Twelve school. Why wouldn't you? Everybody spread out their schedule and have two bye weeks. Yeah, if you could have two bye weeks, why wouldn't you? This is uh, that's I, just I, so I, weird. I was, I was like, why did everybody do this? And then and then B is that's that's an advantage compared. I mean, you think Ole Miss would have liked to have had a bye week somewhere between the oh, opening yeah. in Arkansas? Big I time. mean. They have a buy it for Arkansas to win. I guess. I mean, I, I guess I'm fine with Big Twelve be letting them do that as long as they don't have a championship game because I think that is a disadvantage for the playoff and stuff like that. Big Twelve is going to end up adding two teams. I don't know. Houston, Houston might be one of them, and then I don't know who the other one would be. Um, but I think they eventually get to a championship game because they've gotten bit now. They caught a break with uh, Stanford beating Notre Dame to where it's it's really I mean the playoff picture is crystal clear. Alabama wins their end. Clemson wins their end. Um, Oklahoma's in. Oklahoma's in. Oklahoma throttle Oklahoma State. I mean, stu- and the fourth team is what Michigan State. Oklahoma might be the best team. They just had one one day really just inexplicable loss to Texas. But you know, I mean, they also almost lost to Tennessee, but they won. Tennessee's pretty good team. Uh, if we if we're all, I think Tennessee's just really one dimensional. I mean, they they can't pass. They've beaten Alabama with five minutes left in the game, but they they but have they count. can't pass. I mean, one dimensional yeah. teams can beat Alabama or come well, close. Look at Arkansas last year. Tennessee is back thing that could actually kind of be pretty real next year. But do they have the same quarterback next year? Does Dobbs come back? I don't. Dobbs is only a sophomore, isn't he? I don't think Dobbs, even if they lost Dobbs, I don't think it's the end of the world. No, my yeah. point is with Dobbs, I don't see them making the playoff because okay. he, he doesn't have the passing ability. They can win the East next year. I mean, it's them. Well, they can definitely win the East. And also, they have are, Dobbs this senior next year. Are they done? I mean, they're done with the home and home with Oklahoma now, right? So yeah. maybe they won't have a tough non conference next year. Uh, everybody has to go play that non conference game. Well, yeah, but there's lots of Power Five teams that are easier than Oklahoma. Let's look at Tennessee's schedule for next season. Yeah, they play Virginia Tech. Oh, they play Virginia Tech at Bristol. That's right. That'll be a cool game. Yeah, that, yeah. I mean, that's that's cool for NASCAR fans like you. That'll be exciting. I, I was excited about that game when I heard about it. It'll be interesting. Um, be just to see the the. But sight they of- also from the West they draw at A and M and Alabama at home. That's pretty tough. Someone's fired. This Tom season? Tom Not Herman. This season. Tom so- Herman might be the smartest dude because. You look if you look at the LSU, Auburn, Texas A and M, Texas jobs next year. I I bet anything he'll get one of them, those yeah. will be open, and I he'll and be in the top three for all of them. He will probably end up being one coach one of there. Yeah, and that's so. why he's, that, that's why he's waiting out this year, which kind of sucks for Ole Miss because Ole Miss really wants that defensive tackle from Houston, but he's going to go to Houston if Herman stays. Yeah, I think. Tennessee's got a doable schedule next year. Yeah, I agree. It's doable if they can get through the back to back at A and M and then Alabama at home. Florida, Georgia, A and M, Alabama for for September twenty fourth through October fifteenth. That's their stretch. That's their stretch, yeah. Because they're running the table from there. Holy cow, it's soft. Yeah, they're they always end so soft. That's Tennessee's schedule for you. Um, but yeah, that'll be that'll be something to watch next season for sure. I remember what I was, where we were going before we got talking about Tennessee. Yeah. Um, oh, we we're talking about Oklahoma and the playoff picture. Um, wait, Michigan State's the fourth team. Oh right? yeah, Michigan. The winner of Michigan State and Iowa be in. If oh yeah, if, I forgot about Iowa. I want Iowa to be in. I was awesome. If somebody stumbles, um, Ohio State's going to get in. Yeah. I North Carolina could be Clemson. 
That's possible. Cause that they, would be fun. I don't care about the rivalry game thing. Clemson even have, remotely being close to South Carolina is pretty – is not – I think Clemson's getting a free pass because everybody's dogged them all these years. They're like, okay, Clemson finally won a big well, – quote, unquote, a big game against Notre Dame. And that, you know, it's like, okay, I don't know. It feels like the, it feels like the media and the pollsters like Clemson for whatever reason, whatever reason this season – well, I want to see where UNC is in the playoff rankings tonight because if they were to beat Clemson, they're I mean, not going to get. I think they were 14th last week. Man, that that sucks. That that one 13 to 17 loss South Carolina to start your season is the that's only an awful blemish. Loss. I that's, mean, that's it's a bad loss now, but you know, who, opening games are weird. Who, who's going to draw more TV ratings, Ohio State or North Carolina? Well, we all know that, and I mean, I I'm the one that said that and last we, year. I'm that the one Ohio that said it was about that, and you told me I was wrong. But Ohio I agree. State pile drived Michigan on Saturday. Mm-hmm. That Ohio State, that was the Ohio State team. Everybody sat around all year going, "Where is what in the world's going on?" Well. It apparently screwing up at Michigan earlier. State pissed them off to where they're going to be like, okay, we'll uh, show should play this year. Sure, for sure. Um, so that's kind of that's that's the playoff picture. Let's talk about the rest of the bowls. Uh, well, just for the SEC teams, though. Obviously, Alabama's in the playoff. Um, Ole Miss to the Sugar Bowl seems likely. That would put Florida in the Citrus Bowl, I believe, something like that. Um, probably Tennessee in the Outback Bowl. Oh, go Citrus. Um, LSU is going to go to the Texas. It feels like okay. North LSU Carolina, to Texas. Go on. What are you saying? I was going to see where North Carolina's ranked, but then the page lied to me. They are 14th in the playoff rankings. Holy cow! Okay. So they, I mean, they're uh, they're not they're not going to get in the playoff. So I think Ohio State will be if. I think Alabama's a lock to beat Florida. Obviously, we want that so we can go to New Orleans. Um, Oklahoma's in, period. Um, I think Texas Bowl will probably be A&M versus Texas Tech or somebody like that. Yeah. Um, so this this projection has State in the Belk Bowl versus Duke, which I would be. I'd like to see that. But yeah. I, I just wish there was a way that they'd put a matchup of uh, Southern Miss and State. I'd love to see that. Because Southern, uh, Miss, Southern Miss is a lot better than they were. I saw one State. where Auburn was going to play Cincinnati in the Birmingham Bowl. Ah, that'd be great. Tuberville versus Auburn. That'd be great. I think Auburn is going to the Birmingham Bowl. Like, I don't know where else. I mean, they only have six wins. They're six and six, and, I mean. Yeah, that's, their, their, that's, that's Birmingham, them. You'll get at least 40,000 people in Legion Field. This one has Arkansas in the Music City. Sounds reasonable to me. Yep. Um, Tennessee playing Michigan in the Outback Bowl. That would be a good game, actually, huh? Maybe be good. Wisconsin. Who, who, who do they have? What Big Ten team have in the Citrus Bowl? I'm about to say Wisconsin versus Florida. Talk about two anemic offenses. How does Wisconsin get in the Citrus Bowl over Michigan? I have no idea. I thought Wisconsin was like uh, fifth in the Big Ten. Totally wrong. Yeah, maybe. Uh, maybe this is a bad. This is Sports Illustrated. So uh, you. I don't know. Maybe there's an, maybe there's something we don't. Yeah, which yeah. what's really, I'm, I'm pretty sure Sports Illustrated knows a lot of things we don't, but in this situation especially. Uh, I can't imagine. The Citrus Bowl has the pick. There's no way they're taking Wisconsin over Michigan. Yeah. Um. Wait, and didn't, wasn't Wisconsin in the Outback Bowl last year too? I don't remember. Didn't they beat oh, Didn't they sure. beat an, an SEC team? They may have. I thought they did. Um. What What SEC teams have I not said? I'm trying to scroll back up here. Um, State to the belt, Florida to the Citrus. I think it, where do they have LSU going in there? 
Um, hold on. I think LSU's going. They have to LSU in the Tax Slayer Bowl in Jacksonville, okay. former Gator Bowl. They're, they're not going to that game. No, um, I don't think so either. LSU probably. I mean, I could. Wasn't LSU in the Music City Bowl last year? Yeah, they played Notre Dame in the Music versus City versus Notre Dame too. And I mean, like, oh, oh man, not a great season for a lot of SEC powers. No, uh, SEC was bad this year. Let's just let's. Let's tell it how it is. I mean, Alabama's I, really I Alabama good, is, but it's it's not like they're the best Alabama team in the last five years, not Alabama, by a long shot. Alabama's not going to win the title. Um, I could see uh, – I don't know. I mean, I think I overall – I think Oklahoma might be the best team. Okay. Yeah, I think Clemson's vulnerable. Alabama's vulnerable. And then that fourth spot is interesting with the Iowa or the Michigan State or whatever. But Michigan State's no. I mean, it's kind of a wide-open deal. In a sense. Even still, though, it's it's a much less compelling playoff than last year. I, I thought last year's playoff matchups were really good. Yeah, had Urban versus Nick Saban. Urban versus Nick Saban in the final. James and versus then, Mariotta versus Right, Ohio's getting to watch that, that, that was, was great. That was, those were exceptionally good matchups, though. Yeah, it was a uh, that was a that was a great way to start the playoff era. This season is a little bit more of a reminder of what we had to work with, but this will be a fun season for the uh, for the six or eight team playoff as well. Yeah, um, there's a lot of parity in that in that top ten. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's somewhat the bold picture here. It was pretty discombobulated way we just did it, but you know whatever. Do you want to talk about rivalry rivalry week outcomes? We can kind of we've hit kind of we talked about hit. a lot of them. Obviously, Alabama Arkansas, won the Iron Bowl. Yeah, that Iron Bowl was awful to watch. Yeah, it was rough. Jeremy Johnson is atrocious at quarterback. I mean, I don't. It, it, I, I don't see how how are they going to win more than eight games next year. Well, it, I, I think it has to be. You have to go back to your mobile quarter. You have to go find a mobile quarterback. Juco. So Banking on a JUCO quarterback. Good That's all they can that. do. I mean, I I think this year was a good example of Gus trying something new, and turns out he can't just do whatever he wants on offense. Like he, you know, he was really good at one thing, and that was like a multiple run first power read option. Run. He's like, a, he's got his scheme. I mean, it'd be like if Mike Leach tried. And to it's a great running scheme, running but team. it didn't work as well. Right, it didn't work as well with a pocket passer, which is what he thought he had in Jeremy Johnson and what he does have in Sean White. Yeah, I mean, I, I think they could win eight or nine games with Sean White. Jeremy Johnson's not the answer. Sounds like well, their defense has to get a lot better. Muschamp was really unimpressive this season. He didn't have much to work with, but still. I mean, I was I was saying this yesterday. So Freeze is kind of known for being able to get uh, production out of people. It's kind of a high school coach thing, right? That like you know he made Corvick Neat productive is the example people use. Like you you use what you have. I expected more of that from Malzahn as another former high school coach. Like you can't tell me there's not offensive talent on that team. They've recruited well uh, the whole time he's been there. Um, I, I was just kind of underwhelmed by what he did this season. Basically, like, couldn't do anything. I, really, he must have just lost the team completely. That team had huge chemistry issues too. I think Duke Williams really effed him up, and yeah, then um, it seems like it. And then the quarterback thing. I mean, there's a lot of just checking out there. So, mm-hmm. and I, the fact that the defense was just still so bad. Yeah, and Muschamp over there blowing a gasket on the sideline. Yeah, You're, every does time. It, does anybody really take him serious? I mean. No. Um, some other outcomes. South Carolina played Clemson close. I did not watch this game, but 37-32. Yeah, Moral apparently. Victory. 
Um, yeah. Arkansas, th- I don't really have anything to say about that. Um, Arkansas thumped Missouri. Yeah, well, what do you five. expect? They, Missouri is not a real team right now. Yeah, Pinkle's last game. And Missouri declined a bowl invitation. Good for them. That's Thank hilarious. You. That is that is awesome. Like, Well, five and seven and the whole eight. It's like, I, that's I, the first thing Missouri's done since joining the league that I've been like, lol, awesome. I like you, Missouri. That's hilarious. Yeah, I can respect that move. Um, it would be interesting to see what happens, how they move on post-Pinkle. I think they could really fall off because yeah, Georgia- Pinkle – Got a lot out of that. Yeah, for sure. Georgia won a snoozer over Georgia Tech. And they like fire Rick. We'll get to that in a minute. We'll get um, there soon. Louisville beat Kentucky pretty badly. What about two scores well, here? Kentucky was up 24-7 and then blew that game. Rough. That is not great. Mark, I tell you, Mark Stoops is either fired, but I think he'll probably give him one, one more year. And he's You got to give one more year just because it's a terrible year to fire your coach. He's definitely going to – Definitely on the hot seat. Has to, yeah, no doubt about that. Has to go to bowl next year, but I don't know why you can't. How hard does it win six games in the East? I mean, come on. We're not yeah, going to a bowl. I'm not going to bowl because they lost to Vanderbilt, I believe. So it's pretty bad. Tennessee takes care of Vandy. Um, the balls will be back next year. They actually, they might actually be closer to being back for real. I, I will give them that, but it'll be. Um, Annoying to listen to in the offseason on the last. We'll see. Well, I mean, I just don't think Butch is a very good coach. We'll see. We'll see if he can win a big game. I don't think the division he's in is very good either because it sounds like South but Carolina. But he's still going to have to win. George could be headed for very underwhelming hire. Like okay, look, he's in a bad division, but we just talked about how he has to win at College Station and beat Alabama in uh, Nayland. Winning at College Station is not difficult. Someone doesn't win at home, and he's gone too. Like that, that is over. It's just like another year for it to play out, but it's over. Um, Florida State beats Florida twenty-seven to two. I tell you, Florida the last month has been atrocious. We'll be, I guess it's six o'clock, six o'clock Eastern here Tuesday night as we record this. The playoff rankings will come out in about an hour. Or so, does Florida drop below Ole Miss? That's mm. think because I, I think you need to get them to blow. Ideally, to get Florida below Ole Miss this week. Or at least like within a spot or two, because I don't think Saban's going to hang fifty on McElwain. It'll be like a, it'll be the most boring. I agree. It's going to be a boring game. Game you'll ever see in your life, essentially. So. And then this is a good. This is a good uh, transition into discussing coaching changes. Um, Les Miles beat Texas A and M nineteen to seven. Weird score there. Thanks and, for everything, uh, Les. Oh, wait, we're going to keep you. Exactly. Basically, everyone had already agreed that Les Miles was fired the, right after he lost to Ole Miss. Uh, and then he wins this game. The players carry him out of the stadium, and he sings the alma mater, and everything's all good again, huh? Uh, you got to think that uh, that $16, 17000000 million buyout made that decision a little bit easier for Oliva. I yeah, but Jimbo said no. That's the only reason Wes is still a coach. Absolutely, yeah. No, they wanted to they, switch around. LSU was like, Jimbo's our guy. We're going to go bring him back. And then something's, something's going on where he can't really leave Tallahassee right now. And plus, I don't – not him. Do I, why would you leave FSU for LSU? It's not obviously a better job. It's the hell – I mean, the competition's infinitely harder. Um, yeah, I think you, the only reason you would do that you, is you, because you built, – he built a roster. There's that twenty. There's that picture on Twitter of the 2013 Florida State offense, where literally every uh, player 
is like a starter in the NFL or well, it's like less esteem from what was that 2013? Same three. same difference, yeah. With all those he, guys, literally, he built a, ta- a team that rosters a talent as anywhere as you'll find. Is this town of rosters you can build at FSU? Um, the administration clearly is support teams they've covered his butt however many times so i mean he has there's no real good reason for him to leave and he can in tallahassee's kind of a i think it, i think the fsu media is easier to deal with them than the uh, lsu media so mm. it really makes no it's just lsu arrogance is the only reason everybody's like oh he may come back to you know to baton rouge so i think they realized that that wasn't going to happen and panicked essentially and then they all the public outcry and support for less. I'll tell you, that what, what's funny is I think they're going to be in the exact same situation next year because they don't have a – Felipe Franks has flipped to Florida, although I don't – Wait, is that true? I didn't even know that. I think he did. I mean, I know oh, he Oh, man, that's hilarious because that, you know, that plays into what I thought was so funny, that narrative that Felipe was better than Shea Patterson and, and, that's, and that they chose Felipe over Shea Patterson. That's so funny. Um, yeah. What well, that means? It's apparently, J- apparently, Jacob Easton is going to visit Florida, and Felipe Franks now is saying it's not good, according to my top of, top of my Google search. Felipe here. Franks is saying it, what's not good. That Easton is visiting Florida now. That's fine. Franks doesn't want Easton, like yeah, because they're not going to go to the same school. Well, that's that that isn't too surprising. It looks like Les Miles and Cam Cameron are going to go visit him as well. Yeah, that's hilarious. I mean, Comment not good. Uh, why? Why would any good quarterback want to go to LSU? All they do is wreck them. I mean, yeah, no, I agree. It's 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 not where you want to go, especially if you're a passer of any kind of caliber. And it's not like they run a mobile QB system. Not the norm. I they have Brandon Harris another year, and they're going to go. They're going to lose game. They're going to lose Alabama game because they don't have quarterback play. So, and that's just going to start this over. I mean, essentially, Joe Oliva, you have a year to figure out who you're replacing Les Miles with. You better get a plan together. Or, I mean, that's assuming he even keeps his job after this whole ordeal. If he if he got replaced, it wouldn't surprise Oliva. Me. Yeah, I would. I think we saw a lot of that. I mean, yes, Jimbo said no, but also I think Les Miles kind of flexed his influence and proved that he has more power in Baton Rouge than Oliva, the athletic director, does. My opinion. <sighs> I don't know if Les Miles has power in Baton Rouge. I just literally think that. I think he has influence. I think, I, I think he's he's been around. I think he's probably got some allies and some you know, naysayers, and the group that the group of people that want to see him gone just couldn't get their act together well enough. Or they were too arrogant and dumb to think thinking, oh, Jimbo's going to come, and that's that. So that that's it. So Les Miles survives, which I don't think. If you had asked me between Rick and Miles and said one of them gets fired, say, if you'd asked me that question at noon Friday, I would have said Miles gets fired and Georgia settles to keep Rick because it seems like what Georgia – That seemed the most likely at that time. Yeah, opposite. It first happens. I was was on the plane. I landed and I get phone blows up with text as I turn my LT back on and everybody's talking about what's Isaac Nada going to do. I'm thinking, well, did Rick get fired? So apparently he did. Um McGarity, pretty cowardly, would not answer the question why he fired Rick. He said that's between Mark and I. And then Rick says it's because I didn't win a championship here. Basically, Mark Rick, that ball that Aaron Murray threw that got uh, caught short of the goal line in the 2012 SEC title game, if that ball gets batted down, he throws a touchdown pass the next play, they go beat Notre Dame, Mark Rick's still the coach. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you, I mean, I could – I actually I will commend Georgia for going through with it. I think they I think it become apparent to everybody they 
They, they could win nine or ten games a year with Rick. But, I mean, they've done that for 15 years. It's, we might as well make a change and let's go, let's go, let's go for it. But in order to do that, you have to be able to hire somebody that comes in and then makes a really big splash. And I, I guess I've had, I've said I think I could see Kirby Smart going there. I guess maybe a month ago on this on our on a podcast. But when you really, as you now that you actually get to the close to the situation and watch it unfold, you're sitting there going, "Are they really going to fire? They're really firing Mark Rick to hire Kirby Smart?" I mean, I don't get it either. It doesn't make any sense to that me. That is not well. I mean. I think Mullen would be. A good I was about to say the exact same thing. Mullen makes a lot of sense in Georgia to make me. The fan base that happy, but if he rolls in there and kicks butt next year, then you know they'll all forget that real quick. But I think Mullen, Mullen, with the ability to recruit offensive linemen that Georgia has over Mississippi State, plus the running back talent there, I think he could be really good. State committed somehow. I don't think I don't think that that would make sense for Eason if they pick Mullen, but. I mean, Dick coach Chris Leak and has kind of done that style of quarterback. Um, so I could, I could, you know, I don't think playing for Mullen at Georgia is the worst thing in the world for, for Easton. And Mullen, Mullen changed his offense this year to be a lot more pocket passer friendly with Dak. So he's not just stubborn and, you know, we're going to run the same system all the time, a la uh, Gus Malzahn. So. At this point, because it's so late in the game, like where where would Eason go if not Georgia? I mean, obviously anybody would take him, but what really makes sense? I mean, yeah, no, I that's a good see, point. I could see playing for McElwain, but I don't know. I mean, I mean, I could see Eason. Uh, how many isn't Coker a senior? I could see Eason going to Alabama. Yeah, except. You would think they would have had him come in. I think Cooper Bateman is going to step in and take that job next year. Somebody is. So sure, yeah, no, sure you can, but that would still leave some a couple years at least for Easton to be the starter if he was good enough. Yeah. Um, and, and he could go somewhere out west. He was talking with Mike Leach. Apparently, I don't know why he would. He's not at well, he's from Washington. He's so, yeah, I, I know that, but he's not actually going to go there. I but, mean, what what's Texas got at quarterback? Nothing, but Charlie's getting fired next year. Yeah, that's true too. The only reason my my UT alum uncle would point out, I've forgotten that Texas still didn't have an, a full time AD right now, so they can't really fire Charlie and then hire somebody with an interim AD. They kind of have to wait and get their AD situation figured out. So, I mean, they're they're they are the biggest dumpster fire ever right now. Yeah, that's that's true. Um, so that would that, be weird to watch. I mean, Mullen, let's talk about Mullen for a second. So, I mean, we talked about it earlier. He seemed weird after the game. Um, it, it, he's trying really hard to get out of Starkville, and that's not just an old Miss fan saying that. Um, the rumor was that he had a big deal all locked up with Maryland last week. Um, I think when UGA came open, he got really interested in that, maybe stalled with Maryland. That might have ruined it for him. Um, but he's only, what, the number three candidate by most sources at UGA. And uh, it who's, looks like he's still Kirby, looking for... Kirby Smart and who else? Herman's who's the second, but I don't think Herman's going to leave. Herman, Herman's taking the Houston job. And Well, he's taking he's yeah, staying, the job that he already has, yeah. Excuse me, he's, he's staying. What Her, Her, I said earlier, Herman's waiting for the Texas, Texas A&M. You have Auburn and then even LSU going to be open. That, I, think I think that's a good plan. Um, but he, he interviewed with Miami probably, today. Probably Probably taking the Georgia jobs that Rick won so many. Like you have, you have to win the league. That's the only option. Yeah, 
if you go to Texas, you like get a couple years, and rebuilding Texas really shouldn't be that hard. I mean, we'll, it shouldn't be, but Charlie's really struggled with it, hadn't he? Yeah, um, Charlie. Uh, that Charlie's the sacrificial limb because it's ta- apparently it's taken him two tries to replace the lost Dobbs. So. Yeah. Um. But yeah, but so Mullen interviewed today or yesterday with Miami. Apparently, um, it looks like if he doesn't get Georgia or a big change from Maryland, because Maryland was not paying Edsel anywhere close to what Mullen's making. If he wants to leave, he's going to have to take a pay cut. Um, there could be a couple ways to spin it. If he did get the Miami job, he could have a longer contract. There's no income tax in Florida. Um, a couple of things like that. But still, it's almost like, you know, that Mullen's salary was up last year to kind of match what Freeze was given. Freeze was given that to keep him from going to Florida. Um, so I think that's why they upped his salary, but it's kind of had the effect of making his job much more attractive than almost, you know, every job, but maybe five to 10 in the whole country. And I think they're going to, they're going to be stuck with Mullen for another, another season, at least. Yeah. I don't know if stuck with is even the word, because obviously Mullen's done great things at Mississippi State, given their history, but their fan base simply will not stomach losing to Ole Miss Three years in a row, if that happens next they're season. They're not going to – I mean, they're going to be fighting to get to 6-6 six and six next year. And if they lose in Oxford, and, and I just really think that, that they're going to be calling for his head. Yeah. Especially or, if that's their – if they, if they only have call six wins. His, he won't get – if they go 5-7 and seven next year, hypothetically, they won't fire him, obviously. But the, he'll be kind of a – he'll be on the hot seat. And he – He's sitting there looking around going, you know. You well, can't and also if Freeze is going to recruit Mississippi, that's that's what Mullins built his program on is winning so Mississippi Paul, recruiting battles. Freeze is ultimately beating him at recruiting. Yeah, and not not just nationally. I mean, the the way the Egg Bowl went and then all these rumors, I mean, you got to think it really helps Ole Miss with Simmons and A.J. Brown uh Kobe Kobe Jones some of those guys like it, it, even if they if they go somewhere like Alabama I don't think that they're going to go to Mississippi State over Ole Miss at least not all of them maybe one of them uh will make that leap but there's just so much so much ammo for Freeze right now to recruit against Mullen I really think Mullen could kick some ass at Miami I think he could do well a lot of places I think Miami would be great because he has a lot of talent there I think um, he just he just needs to go to a place that kind of na- has naturally has talent as opposed to having to go scrap up talent like Georgia which, or something like that. Yeah, like absolutely. Georgia, um, Miami would be. I mean, either one of those would be good. And like, what would be interesting is let's say Maryland offers him Mole's making four right now. Let's say Maryland offers him three million a year. Does he take that or not? That would if he left for took a pay cut to go to Maryland. That would really be that'd be really funny. Late dogs would be great to read. That would be hilarious. But no, so the rumor, I mean, I heard a, a rumor from a very legit source that, uh, and obviously it's been reported on message boards too, but I actually heard it from someone before I read it on message boards um, that the Under Armour founder wanted to make Maryland the Oregon of Under Armour and that he was going to step up to make Dan Mullen like a top five salaried coach. The The deal was supposed to be um, $32 million, $31 million over six years, something like that. Wow, that was that was the the, the credible rumor um, that I heard, but I think that they they must have had second thoughts about that. I mean, I think Mullen's a great coach, but man, that is a big investment. If they had really offered him five million a year, he'd be gone already. We would. 
I well, the rumor was that they were going to wait until after the Egg Bowl to finalize, and the day after the Egg Bowl was also the Rick firing. So I don't know. Yeah, but come on, I mean, George is not. Gonna I agree. Hate. No, I agree. If that was really, if he could really just sign and it was over, he would have done it. And maybe he still will. Maybe that deal is still floating out there. It's not like Maryland's made a hire yet. No. Um, it's interesting because Maul last year that extent that four million extension they gave him he he took forever to sign that thing he he would have gone last year for the right deal but I think coming back coming back wasn't too hard because like okay Dax I have Dak another year wait you and, said he would have left last year for the right deal. he didn't get any offers last year yeah that's what I'm saying if he had gotten an offer he would he hasn't, I don't think he's gotten an offer since he came to Starkville has he I mean every time it's been rumored it's fallen through and they've hired someone else yeah I mean the Florida job everybody's trying to figure out who's going to really be a candidate for that he was not. not he was not a real candidate so I mean I mean the Miami job he interviewed for, few, for a few years ago they publicly said they didn't like him they didn't like his personality and since then I don't think he's really been tied to anything until this season and yeah. even even now it's I mean it's him um it's him being tied to, uh, you know, like the third or fourth position in most of these lists. So it's not like he's the leading candidate anywhere. Um, it's 50, just, I, I think you flip a coin whether he's back in Starkville or not. That seems about right. And and I just – it kind of feels the, like the right, the right decision for him is to leave because that resets the clock and, and State. Oh, I, I mean, definitely I definitely think he thinks he needs to leave to continue being successful. But he also has standards. You know, he's not going to take a $2 million pay cut. Yeah, he's maxed out that state gig though. He's done a good job with well, it. State, it took state months to get him to agree to like four point two or whatever. Like I don't, I don't yeah. know how they could go any higher, really. No, I mean, state can't. But he really, does, he really, he doesn't deserve a pay raise from state after this year. I mean, eight and four is kind of you know what you're supposed eight to. Eight four is good for state, but it's not good after a ten and two with the same quarterback. I mean, the it's just that offensive line this season really fell apart. It was never, I mean, their left tackle used to be a tight end. Like, I, I feel like they never really had anything to work with to begin with. Yeah, which, I mean, that many years into a program, you should have a better line than that, theoretically. But, I mean, all, all Miss and State both have struggled with offensive line depth. And I think you, I mean, it's kind of a resource shortage. Well, and I think, I think you look at the last two seasons for Ole Miss, and they're proof that even if you beat Alabama, you're not necessarily a championship team. But I don't know how Dan Mullen could continue claiming that he's building the championship team 0-7 against Alabama. I mean, e- even if you beat him, you're not you're not there yet, but you're never going to make it to Atlanta without beating That's right. Alabama. He's never – Kroon beat Alabama. That yeah, no, he's 0-7. He's 0-7 versus Bama. Yeah. It, his, Mullen, his record versus ranked teams is not good. He's only ever beaten one team that finished the season he's, ranked he's, in the top 20. He never beats anybody that he's not supposed to. He beats everybody he's supposed to. But he didn't he, he didn't have an upset. And I was saying this last night with somebody I was talking to. I, I'd much rather have the I'd rather have the opposite, the freeze plan. I mean, you'd rather have the upsets and then lose a head-scratcher because it's just more fun. I yeah. mean, always beating who you're supposed to beat is great, but if you never have a big win to hang your hat on, I mean, what do you even get excited about? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, state fans like to brag about never rushing the field. It's like, when would you have rushed the field? I mean, last season you beat A&M at home, but A&M wasn't even good last season. That's That was the funny thing about their, their five weeks at number one and all of that was all their marquee wins turned out to be mediocre. Yeah. And that's just but, the way it goes. Um, But, yeah, uh, let's. I mean, we've, we've pretty much covered football pretty well, John. I, I don't have much to say about basketball. Ole Miss lost a couple games in the uh, the Gildan Classic. 
Um, I wasn't able to watch the game at Bradley on Saturday, so I apologize to our listeners. I, I do take Ole Miss basketball seriously. I do pride myself on being someone that can talk about Ole Miss basketball, but sorry, this week won't be one of those weeks. The next just, game is... You just like this team. You're just figuring it out. Exactly. I'm, I'm just like the team. I don't know what position to play. I'm not sure what to do. Um, but I, I think that the team definitely still has potential. I like Moody playing point guard. I thought it was really good in the... Uh, the game that was won by Ole Miss in that tournament, the second game, Moody played point guard, had a great game. Um, should be interesting to see if they keep that up all season. Tomas Jello is, you know, due to to get a lot warmer shooting the three ball and some of those longer shots. Um, I, I still think it'll be a fun season, lots of offense, and and I think Andy Kennedy is is gonna get the guys playing where they need to. They're gonna figure it out, but um it might take some time next game is saturday at umass i believe um had this entire week off i guess um, i could theoretically go cover this for land sharks after lol, dark lol uh how far away is the umass where do they well, play it's on the red line actually i could go down there and do this um, Jeez, so old miss is coming to your town you're just now thinking oh maybe i could go see him well john stevens was texting me or is umass you guys gotta do it man you live in boston how often is old miss gonna play in boston Oh no, they're playing out in Spring. They're not playing UMass Boston. They're playing UMass Springfield. Oh, okay, I have no idea. Because um, on this website here, saying Springfield. Uh, you know, next fall you need to go to you need to go to Gillette Stadium to watch that Mississippi State UMass game. That's going to be a great game. Is that, is that coming in the fall? Yeah, it's in, it's in Gillette Stadium. You know, most likely, State, most likely to be out of here. I can evacuate before. Uh, State plays that game next season, football. and they play at BYU. I think Strickland's having a, a tough time scheduling lately. Why would you play? That is rough. I think um, the, the reason that they had to schedule UMass was uh, somebody dropped them. Do you remember that? I forgot who it was. They, okay. were, they were supposed to play someone, someone pretty weak, I think, and they dropped them for some reason, but I can't remember why. So they're they're playing BYU as their uh, power five. As their power five, power yeah. five plus teams. So power five plus Notre Dame and uh, uh huh. Interesting. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, but I mean that's BYU is not a pushover. It's kind of especially having to go oh, to Provo. A, having to go to Provo is rough. I, I, with no DAC, I kind of expect B. I think it's a coin flip game. Just yeah. about to guess it right now. For sure, it'll be they'll be interesting to watch next season too. Even if I mean, especially if Dan stays. Um, it'll be interesting to see how much he can get out of Fitz. And, uh, I, I think they have some great receivers. I think Fred Ross is really good. I think Fred Ross and Derudy are two very good, or by far the two. I think Derudy kind of disappears Hall- sometimes. Uh, who, or Hall- Brandon Holloway, not Murphy Holloway. Um, Brandon Holloway. Yeah, he's fine. And, and Malik Deer, who scored two touchdowns. I mean, he looked good. Yeah. I mean, he had some- He should be a running back and not a slot receiver, probably. And some nice garbage time scoring. Yeah, well, that's classic. That's that's Mull- I mean, did you hear what Mullen said in the press conference? And it's been repeated that's on ED yeah, too. Twenty-seven seventeen since the first quarter, man. Yeah, that's that's a that that is moral victory that university the right there. That that is hey guys, I'm still hireable. Looking Dude, at you that is that's honestly pathetic for a coach to say that for you to say. Well, we outscored him pretty good after we went down twenty-one to nothing. He's like, just getting ready for his interviews this week. That's man, all. that's that's just pathetic, guys. So, um, congrats, Mississippi State. From the Ole Miss perspective, you want Mullen out of Starkville. You do. No, I've been saying that the whole season. That will pretty much. I mean, Mullen has them overachieving, even if they think they're underachieving. But, you know. Um, But that's that's pretty much it for this week, guys. We'll know our bowl situation next time we talk, seeing as those will be announced the Sunday after conference championships this coming Sunday. 
Um, also, we'll be talking basketball as basically it's basketball season now, John, and baseball is only a couple months away. I was talking about that last night with a buddy, too. Should be pretty good this baseball season, so something else to look forward to. Um, but for now, that's that's going to do it. Nine and three season. I'm happy, John. Are you happy? Yeah, I'm content with it. I guess we didn't. Do we want to get into the assistant coach thing at all, or looking back? Or I mean, we can it? we can save it because I don't think any personnel changes are going to happen in the next week for Ole Miss. Uh, I, and uh, I mean, I think overall Matt, that they did pretty Matt well. Luke should not. I mean, there's no reason to get rid of Matt Lou. He's actually done a good. He he and Warner have actually turned the offense into something. Absolutely, absolutely. Got more control of play calling De- defensively. I think the, maybe a defensive assistant if you think. I mean, potentially we'll. We'll we'll see. I, it it'd be kind of weird for Freeze to leave the staff. On, well, not weird. If he he can leave. He they finished the season strong enough where he can do whatever he wants. But just like last season, basically he finished season strong enough that he can do the platoon thing again if he wants to. I'd like to. I'd like to see a tweak though. I would. I would too. Um, and, and I think eventually something's gonna have to change anyway, just because Werner and Womack are old, and I just don't. I don't think the staff will be. You know, set in stone forever, but I don't know if it's gonna be this year or not. Yeah. Um. Oh, and yeah, we should probably mention tonight is also the Connerly cer- um, ceremony. So it's Dak Prescott for state, Laquan Treadwell. Um, a small school kid could win it. I, I I think probably Dak will win it, but um, maybe maybe Treble. Treble won the fan vote. I think Treble has an actual shot. At the Bolitnikov, which is surprising. Considering, uh, yeah. they're, they're gonna give her that Baylor. Hold news. on, hold hold on, John. Hold on. Yeah. Uh, Corey Coleman has amazing stats, but he's kind of disappeared lately. Baylor did lose to TCU. Laquan Treble came on strong. I'm not saying this is all just me saying this. I've heard other people saying he has an actual shot at it. I would be surprised too. He's winning the fan voting like 83 percent to 10 percent. Um, that helps a little bit because the fan vote counts for one expert vote. Um, but we'll see. I, I, I think if he did win the Blitnikoff, it would be a reward for putting up those stats against SEC defenses as well as for coming back after that injury. Yeah, um, he gets the feel-good injury component. So that's possible. I, I think that would be really cool. But just, I think he's got a shot, but I don't think he wins it. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. But that's pretty much what's going on, guys. Award season and bowl season is here. Um, I mean, watch Alabama and Florida if you want. I think it'll be a boring game, probably, but obviously hoping for Florida to lose. And you want, you want it to be fifty nothing Alabama, because yeah, for sure. And we want tonight when the playoff rankings come out to have Florida under us already, if we could. But I doubt that'll happen since they have the head-to-head and the better record. Yeah, I, I think they'll probably. still be ahead of us. We'll see, but they look so bad. Yeah. Hopefully, we'll see. Ole Miss potentially in line for its first Sugar Bowl appearance since Archie Manning was a quarterback. Oh baby, which that's is pretty. It's pretty fitting considering Chad Kelly is the best quarterback since Archie Manning. Am I right? Yep. That's it. We're going to end it there, guys. Archie's better than Eli. You heard it here first. Lynch he's a, bet, he's a better college player than Eli. Okay. I think, I think it was a running ability. If yeah. he stays another year, I think that'll prove out. Eli better probably better fit the pros overall. Obviously, he's, pretty, he's won two Super Bowls. He's proven that. But, well, that's but it, I think Chad, I think you can say Chad's going to be a better college player than Eli. I think that's probably fair. You heard it here first. Chad Kelly's better than Eli. We're going out on that. Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, subscribe on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter. You know, do what you're going to do. But um, we've enjoyed it. And we'll talk to you all again next week.
Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.